Good morning. Good morning, Rabbi Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class is dedicated today in loving memory of Sam Yisrael Aleva Shalom. Le'ilui Nishmat Shalomo Ben Rivka Aleva Shalom, sponsored by his son Isaac Sayer, Azaku Baruch. The Gemara tells us that there's three things that the Torah was given in. The Torah was given Ba'esh, Ubamayim, Ubamidbar. It was given in fire, it was given in water, and it was given in the desert. Now literally, of course, this refers to the fact that when God came to Har Sinai, there was fire on the mountain. The mountain was, uh, was burning, so to speak. There was fire in the sky, it was uh, a spectacle, something to behold. Not only that, we know that there was deep clouds and thick clouds that's coming. So of course, there's also an element of, of water, of moisture, that's there. Bimidbar, where were they geographically? At the time when they received the Torah, they were in the desert. <clears throat> but Al-Chachamim explained this expression of the Gemara in a, uh, in a homiletical way. They explained it as a mashal, as a metaphor of how Torah was given back then, but also how Torah is given, received, and practiced today. There are different modalities that a person finds themselves in when it comes to the Torah. And those concepts and those modalities were given in order for a person to be able to fulfill their role in the way that they keep Torah. So one, one mode, one setting of a person is ish, fire, passion. When they're excited, when they're energized, when literally, when they're on fire. Now that concept is meant to be used when a person comes to pray. That's meant to be used when a person comes to be in a class to study. Instead of uh, sitting there when the rabbi is giving over the Gemara class, you're sitting there like this in a daf yomi, half asleep, right? You want to be in there. You want to be asking questions. You want to be, con- you know, uh, contradicting back and forth. What are you talking about? It's not what we said yesterday. How does this fit with something else? I don't understand. There's a fire and energy that a person's supposed to be bringing to the asiyah, to the doing of the mitzvot. On the other hand, we also have the idea, the concept of ma'im. Ma'im represents that which extinguishes fire, okay? When it comes to the Averot, the negative commandments of the Torah, and a person's excited by them, whether it's his desires, whether it's the fact that he's angry or passionate about something that somebody did to him, right? At that moment, he really should be taking a little bit of cold water and putting out that fire. It's meant to be done with karirut. And therefore, if a person feels that, you know, that even if they're going to do the wrong thing, it's going to be done not with energy, with excitement, with, uh, uh, with passion, then it's much easier to not get invested and to walk away uh, from what's it called. You ever see a person gambling, uh, you know, at a, at a table, or, you know, or they're in the fantasy football, you know, whatever the case is, they're putting their money down, they're getting all into it. That makes it so much more difficult to get out. And Rabotai, while I'm here on this subject, I just want to throw something into the mix. And love me or leave me, like they say. Uh, but I am what I am, and I'm going to say what I feel needs to be said. There are so many things, Rabotai, that used to be uh, problematic, but today are not problematic for one reason or another. And that's something that needs to be addressed, it needs to be thought of, and it needs to be uh, worked with. Let me explain what I mean. You know, it used to be that if a guy was uh, gambling his money away in the casino, so, you know, come back home. Where were you? I was in the casino. What happened? I lost $1,000. You know, slowly but surely, $5,000, $10,000. Eventually, the person could lose everything. 
And unfortunately, we in the rabbinate, we've seen over the years, because people come to you with that problem. Uh, it's not necessarily something that anybody else knows, but they'll come to you with this issue. You know, this is a big problem, and nobody knows yet, but the guy, he gambled away his life savings, okay? But that's the casino. And that's, the guy went to AC, he went to Vegas, you know? Um, but my friends, now there are elements which are not really gambling. It's not really gambling. I'm not a guy who has a problem. I went to the casino. I'm in a fantasy football league. There's a pool in the office. Every week we're doubling down. Now hold on a second. Before you give me eyes, Isaac. Everything is not a problem until it's a problem. And when something is not only not seen as an issue, but it's now something that guys do, it's the guy, yeah, with the guys, it's social. The most dangerous things in the world are things that are social. Because on some level, number one, it's uh, destigmatized. Number two, um, it's something that you can't tell yourself is a problem because everybody else is doing it too. Rabotai. Again, I don't know how many people uh, this has happened to, but you start having in shul, where there's a lot of people drinking, right? Eventually, it's a social thing. And the guy, 10 years later, five years later, he gets home every night, it's a drink, and then it's five drinks. And then every time he goes out with the wife or with the friends, it's 10 drinks. And the guy can't control himself. And then you have a raging alcoholic and a guy's life is destroyed. Why? The guys, come on, social, this, that. We're just having fun. Now again, I'm no one, I'm not telling anyone they can't have a l'chaim. I have no problem with l'chaim. I have no, I'm not this guy that believes that you have to take everything from everybody and everything is asur and everything is mabisir. I don't believe that. I believe that people, number one, can be trusted. I believe that people should be able to live life in balance and in moderation. What I'm saying is keep your eyes open. When the NFL decided that they're going to have commentators speak about the spread, uh, only about the spread, there's whole shows dedicated, not to football anymore, but to fantasy football, okay? When you're watching a game that doesn't matter at all, and a guy throws a pass, and the guy runs across the 40-yard line, and they're down 20, and you hear the whole stadium go, ah, right? It's irrelevant play. And what's going on? The guy just beat the spread because there was this amount of yardage. There's this amount of thing. They scored a touchdown. The differential now is 30 points instead of 38 points. Irrelevant. But that's it. Spread. They went for two. Spread. We, we're, we've become, we slowly, slowly start to take something that was a harmless thing and we're giving it, wing, we're giving it wings, we're giving it horns, we're giving it teeth. Okay? The Torah was given ba'esh ubamayim. It was given with fire and it was given with ice. It was given with, with cold. It's important to understand and to witness your passions, your passions and your dispassions. Where am I excited? Where am I not excited? If I'm getting a little too excited by the flag football, by the fantasy football, maybe this is becoming a problem. Okay? Getting a little too, too much into the social drinking, maybe I'm telling myself it's just me and the boys, but it's not you and the boys. It's you, it's you in the bottom of a cup, okay? Be aware, recognize, watch yourself. Again, no one's telling you you can't do anything. Just saying, watch yourself.
The Torah teaches us, Chacham, a wise person, enav birosho. Okay? The rabbis understood that there's times when boundaries are blurred, the, the gates are taken down, and then mistakes happen that ordinarily we never would have let happen. You know, when people are close, good friends, they're friends, couples are friends, yes, there's a point where your friendship with someone else's wife, that's a problem. It's too, it's not appropriate. You've gone beyond. Now, again, where is that line? Everybody's got to figure this out. You know, how, how friendly are you? Now, again, no one's saying anything asur. Because you know what? When we get to the place, when something is asur, a lot of times, it's already too late. No, no, it's asur now. Now I'm going to stop that I'm an alcoholic. Now you can't stop, Rochi. Now you're going to stop that you're a gambling addict. Now you can't stop. Because you're an addict. Recognize in your life. I'm talking about things that have addictive properties, but I'm also talking about every mitzvah and every avon. Most of the way we live our lives are built around the habits we create. You start going to shul, you get in the zone. Slowly but surely, it becomes a thing you can't imagine not doing. Whereas before, it was a big deal to come to shul once a week. You slowly start coming once, twice, three times. Now you're coming every day. Now you're in the zone. Now it's part of your routine. Creating those habits, figuring out what you want to be passionate about, what you want to, where you want to put your fire, is perhaps one of the most important decisions a person can, can live their life with. And what you want to be dispassionate about. You know, sometimes you, all the, your friends are doing something, you don't want to stick out. You don't, want to, you don't want to be that one guy. It's not what you want. Okay, so you know what? You want to go do it? Go do it. But what's your energy like when you're doing it? How into it are you when, when you're in, in a place where you shouldn't be? My friends, I, I want to share with this with you because I think it's so important. Every single thing that we have in this world can be used in a positive way and in a negative way. Borei Olam did not create the world in order to deprive us of it. We don't believe that that's Christian. That sanctity happens when a person doesn't enjoy themselves in this world. We're supposed to enjoy ourselves. But Rabotai, we have to choose when and where to use each and everything. I love that line. What does it mean? Do not stray after after your eyes and after your heart. You know, your eyes can decide what you look at. Your heart can decide what you like and what you don't like. And you could decide for your heart what you like. And you could decide for your eyes what you want to see. Don't be led astray after your eyes. As if you're this helpless puppet. You know, this is what I saw. Now, now this is what I want. You know, you know that that's going to happen. Don't be there. Don't look at that. You have some guys that are compulsive buyers. You know, my wife, she doesn't like when I go to Costco. You know why? Because I come back with the whole Costco. I'm the worst guy in the world. If you send me to Costco on a fast day, Shema Israel. Now that's something which might be harmless, okay? But is the same thing. Dictate to your heart what it should want. Now we live in a world that says, you can't, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. Lies. Heart wants what the heart wants when you let go of the reins. Says the Torah, the Torah was given in three ways. Ba'esh, 
Ubamayim, with fire and with water, with passion when you need it, and with this kind of, eh. No, you want to go tonight? Eh. You don't got to fight the guy? Eh, I'm, not, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the zone. You know that line? I'm not feeling it. You hear people say this all the time. I'm not feeling it, Rabbi. You're not feeling it? Okay. Do you use I'm not feeling it when it comes to the wrong things? Because that's a great tool. Can't fight the Yetzirah. You're not strong enough? Just tell the Yetzirah, not now. I'm in pajamas already. <laughs> not now. It's a bit of a hassle. Not now. Not feeling it, you know? I'm not feeling it. You go, oh, who's going? <laughs> all the good excuses that you have to be able to shut down the right things could also use to shut down the wrong things. But my friends, what's the third of these three attributes that the Torah was given in? It was given with fire, with energy. It was given with coldness. But it was also given with Bamidbar in the desert. I love this last one because in the allegory that we're using over here, that it was given with Ish. It was given with fire. It was also given Bamidbar. What's that communicating? You know, the Midbar, the desert is a place, it's not a place of population. It's not a place of cities. It's not a place of billboards. It's a place of emptiness. It's a place where people don't own fields and they don't own houses. It's a place that doesn't have villages. You know, there's an old dictum that says it takes a village to raise a child. Now, we all know that this is true. And in our community, many times, we benefit from the education given from the village. You know, in a community, as an example, we'll use ours in the Syrian community. There's things that just kids get trained in because that's what everybody does. Now, is all the things that our community does, are all those positive things? No. But you, sometimes you take in the good with the bad. You know, there's things that our kids don't think of just because that's the way the community is set up to work. My friends, the Torah was given in a midbar, a place where there is no villages, a place where there is no crowds, and there's no billboards, and there's no TV shows. In this place, in a desolate, in an empty place, a person can learn Torah. Now I want to share with you something, because I think that this is very powerful. When a person is thinking in their own mind, when a person is experiencing uh, a concept in their, in their own space, so to speak, the way you set up your internal space a lot of times dictates whether or not you'll be able to receive information in a positive way or at all. Let me give you an example as to what I mean. You know, you have a bunch of things on your mind. You come home, your wife says, I want to do this, uh, maybe, do you want, should we go here? Should we do that? Should we buy this? Should we go vacation here? When you're all over the place, what do you, what's your first reaction? No. Not the time now. I don't want to talk about it. Right? You haven't considered what she's asked, what she said. You're just so taken. There's so much happening at the time that your no comes from the place that there's too much noise. There's too much happening. You're flooded. Rabbi Utai, one of the greatest gifts was that the Torah was given Bamidbar. They tell a story about the Chafetz Chaim. And it's one of those stories that at first you think is cute, and then you realize it's much deeper than you thought. A big businessman <coughs> came to the city of Radin, uh, where the Chafetz Chaim had a store. Okay? He comes to the store, he says, I'd like to make a purchase. The wife of the Chafetz Chaim says, look, you want to make a big purchase? 
you know, I don't really do the big, I'm here to just to manage the store. But if you want to do some big, something big, you got to wait for the Hafez Chaim. So he says, where, where is he? She says, well, he's learning. The Hafez Chaim had a practice. He would come and man the store for a certain amount of hours. He felt that that was his obligation, his shtadlut, his attempt to make a parnasah. Once he'd been in the store for a few hours, that's it. I put in my time. Now I go and and learn. If God wants to send me a customer, he'll send it to me during my hours at work. I'm not going to sit here waiting for the customer. If you sit here waiting, you may never go home. You may never study. Torah, matehe aleah. Torah, what's going to be with it? So he would go and he would learn. He would sit and learn. Anyway, the guy says to the wife, listen, it's a very big business deal. You got to go. Go call him. She says, I don't call him for anything. You know, if he's learning, he's learning. He doesn't want to be disturbed. Come back tomorrow. The guy says to the wife, listen, I'm not coming back tomorrow. Just want you to know, if I make this purchase from your husband, he won't have to work the whole week. He'll be able to learn even more Torah. Right? It's, it will, it will, it's going to far outstrip any parnasai he's going to make during, during his working hours for the rest. Anyway, she hears that idea. Oh, more Torah. That, I think my, my husband would like that. Knocks at the door, no response. Knocks at the door, no response. Knocks at the door, no response. She says, I knocked in an answer, I'm sorry. Anyway, it comes time, the Hafez Chaim finishes his learning, comes home to eat, whatever, or for the evening, whatever it was. His wife said, you know, I knocked at the door, you didn't answer. There was nobody home. Meanwhile, had a guy, he came, he wanted to make a purchase. It was enough that would have allowed you to sit and learn every day for the rest of the week. But, you know, don't you know, I wouldn't have bothered you. If not for that fact. The Chafetz Chaim says, said, he said, the Pasuk says, Adam ki Torah, Adam ki You want to know what the Torah of a man is? A man when he dies in a tent. Now actually, what is it talking about over there? It's talking about the laws of Tumah, that if someone dies in a tent, and anyone else is in the tent, that everything else becomes Tameh for the Kohen. He can't be in the tent. But our rabbis teach us, you want to know how Torah works? Adam ki yamut ba'ohel. En divrei Torah metkaimin. The words of Torah do not sustain, they're not sustained. Ela b'mi shememit atzmo alehem. Only in someone who kills himself for them. It doesn't mean that someone has to, you don't kill yourself for the Torah. In fact, we know that if it's up to a matter of life or death, we, pikuach uh, nefesh, overrides everything in the Torah. What does it mean, shememit atzmo alehem? The Chafetz Chaim said it means that for the hours that I'm studying Torah, I'm dead. I don't hear, I'm not here, I'm not, I don't exist. You want to knock at my door? What would you have done if I was dead? You'd have told the guy, I'll make the sale myself. Or, I'm sorry, my husband's dead. <laughs> In this time, I don't exist. What the Chafetz Chaim was saying, at least it sounds like a pithy, a cute story. Oh, he's dead. No. What it means is that there has to be an ability that a person has to shut things out and to choose one thing. If you can't do that, then you know what happens. Everything in the world steals from you everything else in the world. This is not just true about Torah, by the way. This idea of creating a midbar inside yourself. Where am I? I'm here. Do you know what I like to do? It's a little trick. When I feel like I can't focus, I close my eyes for a second and I just imagine nothingness. So you're distracted with all this noise? 
Close my eyes for one second. I could do it. I got good enough that I could do it without closing my eyes. But I just imagined myself in a state of quiet, absolute, just clean, black, silent, like a night. Like a nighttime with no lights. And then I say, okay, what are you saying? Okay, what am I looking at? What am I trying to understand? What does this Gemara mean? What's the halakha? How, is, how are we differentiating these two cases? When a person is focused, they have space to think, space to achieve. You know what the Gemara is telling us? That there's three things the Torah was given in? It was given in fire. It was given in freezing cold. You know why it tells us Uba Midbar and in the desert? Because it's telling you that so many times a person is confused when to use which. You know, when do you just hit the brakes a little bit and come into something cold? When do you pour all your energy into something? You pour all your energy into, you know, into a situation of chesed. Maybe the guy is then going to come back ten times because he thinks, I got a sucker here. I got someone here that if I cry a little bit, he'll do anything for me. So maybe the passions, so we don't often know when to use one or when to use the other. Rabotai, that's what the, the, the Pitgam is teaching. Ubamidbar. And in the desert, you want to know what the way forward is? Shut your eyes. Take away all the outside influences. There's no billboards. There's no noise. There's nothing bothering you, nothing influencing you. And now ask yourself deeply, what do I need? What does my neshama feel? Where am I truly? If people can make decisions from this place, they would make much better decisions. Ba'esh, ubamayim, ubamidbar. May Hashem bless us to be able to have a quiet space. May we not turn after our hearts and our minds, but rather be in the driver's seat for our hearts, our minds, our eyes. Bezat Hashem, we should be zocher to figure out where to put our energy, where to put our passion. The same kid that sits in class like this, I'm so tired, I'm exhausted, I'm so tired. Then comes recess, and you see him posting up down low. I'm open! I'm open! Bend me up! That's choosing where to put your energy and your power. If you're a shark in the boardroom, when you go to work, you're on fire, and you come to shul, and you look like you're about to pass away, you know, that's a problem. You're, you're not figuring out with enough quiet in your life where you should put or allocate the resources of your energy. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve